everyone, and welcome to the Tidewad Tech, episode 82, listener spotlight number 9, recorded January 17th, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementopie.com. And this week, we have our long-awaited and much-requested listener spotlight. And if you are one of the nine people who've been listening to the periodic table, you already know Jim really well. (laughs) (laughs) But with us, we have this week Mr. Jim Beeson. Hey, Jim, how's it going? It's going good. You mean I'm not your only fan? Uh, Well, there are you and about four others, uh, plus the the people who are on the show. (laughs) Okay. All right. I feel more special then. And, of course, with me, as always, for 80... Actually, it's been, I think, 91 or yeah, so shows. I was going to say closer to 90 now. Mr. Sean Keibel. Hey, Sean. How's it going? Good, good. It's great to be here, as always. All right, good. Glad to glad to have you with us. Uh, are you well-rested from your uh, one day of work you've actually had to do at your new job? Uh, <laughs> yeah, very funny, very funny. Yeah, we're, uh, we're recording late, and that's my fault. Uh, we, we did uh, about 450 computer installs uh, yesterday. Uh, started at seven o'clock in the morning and went until uh, just after nine. So, or as we call that, where I work Tuesday. Oh, please. <laughs> oh, don't you believe them out there? <laughs> no. oh, we just lost you. You and your tenuous connection issues. Yes. I don't know what it is. I'm, 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 uh, I don't know. It's got me, uh, beat at this point i think maybe i'm shorting out on the mic i don't know it could be maybe it's actually your voice maybe the mic works fine and it's actually your voice (laughs) (laughs) okay so moving right along um tell us about these 400 or so machines these are all windows machines you were installing right Right, uh, all dell uh 790s if you're familiar with the dell line and um uh all Windows 7. So it was uh, nice to be back home in the Windows environment after having been uh, dealing with all those MacBooks for a while, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly, because the uh, the previous round of purchasing that we did was uh, very Apple-based, so a lot of MacBooks and iPods and uh, uh, even, uh, oh, what is it? The tablet. <laughs> iPad. iPad. Yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. that you know this. The, I, you may have heard of it. I'm still a little frazzled, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, this round certainly, and yeah, I mean, we spent a lot of lead time getting these ready. They didn't come from, uh, you know, we buy direct from Dell, and we didn't get them pre-imaged. So uh, we spent a good portion of the lead time imaging uh, the machines because they don't have fog there. Uh, right, right. And yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, they do have a similar imaging solution. They use uh, Microsoft S- System Center. Uh, and, and so uh, we're able to, you know, image fairly. I don't know. The first image is fairly uh, equal to, to fog. I mean, you have to name it and deploy it. It's only a few, it's only a few clicks, but when you're doing 450 of them, uh, just logistically setting them up and things like right. that, it takes a while. How many rooms was that? Uh, well, that was across two of two of our middle schools. Uh, I'm going to guess that was probably somewhere in the vicinity of uh, maybe 80 to 90 rooms. Oh, okay. So it wasn't labs. It was a couple of here and a couple there. Right, right. Well, uh, there were there were a couple of labs at each campus. So, but each of those rooms only has a 
you know, a, a few computers. Most of our classrooms, we don't have any classrooms like what you have, Mark, where uh, you might have a whole classroom full of machines. Uh, most of our classrooms is like a teacher machine and then maybe three student machines. So uh, outside of that, you know, then there's the, the labs. So, Okay, cool. Yeah. So tell us about this new acquisition that you have that you're both proud of and ashamed of. Uh, <laughs> I forgot. Did I put that in the these show notes? <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, uh, last, I guess it was last week, tail end of last week, my, uh, my boss hands me a MacBook Pro and tells me, uh, why don't you spend some time with this and take it home and, you know, just uh, want you to, you know, get fam more familiar with it. And uh, so handed over a brand new shiny MacBook Pro to me. And I'm, I, you know, I, I'm doing, I guess, what's required of me. I've, I've logged on to it a few times and sort of explored around a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's funny when you're, you're, I'm just like anybody else out there. I'm so used to, you know, operating in Windows that uh, as easy as a Mac is supposed to be, it's still, you know, it's foreign to me. So it's, it's frustrating. Right. Anything different is bad, right? Right, right. I mean, that's just the way we're wired when we're, you know, we like what we're used to. We like familiarity. And uh, so it, it's a good exercise for me. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I have to work with them. I have to service these machines and uh, support the users. So, uh, you know, I'm okay with it. It's just, uh, it's not exactly a pleasant experience. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> On on the uh, this week's episode of the Tightwad Teacher that I actually just recorded this afternoon, um, Brian brought uh, something to our attention that uh, we thought of you fondly about. It's the new iPoo Apple themed toilet. Um, ah, nice. Google it. It's a real thing. <laughs> so we kind of thought that you might enjoy taking a dump on an Apple product <laughs> a couple of times a day. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm gonna check that out. <laughs> it's I, I, the letter I and the word poo. I'm not making this stuff up. And, I, and I'm sure they're lining up and waiting at midnight to buy them. I, you know, and it's probably nine thousand dollars too. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So I, and, and it tells you like you can. There's only one way to flush the toilet. There's only one way to wipe. <laughs> you, you can only do number one. In it. Right. <laughs> so how do you do number two? Oh, we don't do that. I'm sorry. Yeah. You, you have to go to Windows to do that. You just don't do number two. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of, of Apple products, it was an interesting news uh, story I want to talk about. Steve Wozniak, good old Woz, um, was at the uh, Google campus um, trying out their latest version of their newest phone. And, and Woz goes on record as saying that he prefers Android to the iPhone. He says, that what? He, yeah, he says he likes the iPhone and it's still his primary phone. But in a lot of ways, he prefers to use um, an Android phone. Wow. So, yeah, he likes uh, Android voice recognition better than Siri. He talks about how uh, he'll try something two or three times with Siri and it just doesn't work. Picks up his Android phone. Apparently, he carries both with, of them with him at all times. And then he'll see the, say the thing once and it's done. Um, there's an interesting quote in the article and I'll link to it in the show notes. It says, the people I recommend the iPhone 4S to are for the ones who are already in the Mac world because it's so compatible and people who are just scared of computers altogether and don't want to use them. The iPhone is the least frightening thing. 
For that kind of person who is scared of complexity, well, there's a phone that is simple to use and does what you need it to do. And that's what we've said all along about Apple products. They're simple for the non-technical person. But if you want to do anything even remotely technical, they really lock you down. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway. What do you think well, about y'all, that, Jim? Y'all had mentioned uh, the the fact that the iPhone, I think it was y'all that mentioned that uh, you can't replace the battery in it. And my wife had to get a phone last week, and she went and got an Android phone. And having never used a phone like that in a day, she said, man, this is way cool. <laughs> so is she a technically-minded person? <sighs> she's a she's a not technically-minded like we are. She's more artistic. She's more into marketing and stuff like that but she can figure the tech out so that's interesting and artists are supposed to like iphones and apple products you know, right baristas uh, are supposed to like them <laughs> um let's see oh sean i skipped over one of your articles so since you worked late yesterday you have uh-huh. to make up for that now right uh sure i'm trying to I'm trying to think of which one <laughs> which one it is are you even looking at the show notes <laughs> yeah i don't remember putting an article in there no it's not an article an item it's it's you you have here required to take time off i would like to have some off oh yes so mark i was i really wanted to run this one by you and i, I almost i almost called you to talk to you about it but then i decided you know it might be better left for the show so I was uh, told, I think it was probably last Friday, that uh, I need to schedule eight days off between now and July 1st. And that's basically just our, our you know, normally accrued kind of comp time that we get in, in education. But, uh, you know, Mark, from our experience, we just kind of said, you know, forgot about those days. You know, we worked anyway because we had a job to do and... Uh, you know, we were hardworking guys and we just did whatever it, it took to get the job done. But, uh, yeah, they told me I have to, I have to schedule those days off. They wanted me to start putting them on the schedule so they can, you know, keep an eye on how their staffing is going to go and everything. But, uh, I, I'm just curious what you, what your thoughts are there because there's two sides to that. And I kind of agree with both of them. I'm, I'm a little torn on the subject, quite honestly. Uh, one is, you know, not burning out your, your workers, you know, not burning out your workforce, you know, making them take the time off that they need to kind of get rejuvenated. Um, but, uh, you know, the other side is there's a job to get done. So, right. I think it all depends on your level of staffing. If you've got enough people that you can let them go on a rotating basis, then it's a good thing to do. And, and it's a money saving opportunity too. They have X number of days that they pay. Although in our situation, we never got paid any extra for the extra days. I think I have accrued right now something like 137 comp days. I mean, I could I could leave now and not come back until 2015. Uh, right. <laughs> nobody would notice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's just kind of the way it, it's the it's the big school, small school, you know, I now that you're gone, I am the tech department. If I say I take comp time, all right, fine, I'm off, but now I have to do 2 days worth of work when I get back. So, I think it all depends on your staffing levels. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm loving it. I, I love taking all my time off and, you know, anytime I work over, uh, just like, uh, yesterday, um, you know, I get that time back in comp time. So, uh, even though I may have, gosh, I don't know what, what was it? Something like nine extra hours. You know, I basically got an extra day off for working those hours yesterday. Um, so it, it takes the sting out of it when you work a long day like that. Yeah. I'll say that much. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it. 
I, I, I can't argue with it there, but it's a little frustrating, you know, when, when, uh, you've got a job to do and particularly on my side where I'm supporting end users. So, you know, if I'm not there one day, then the end user is going to suffer for it. Essentially. I mean, it just doesn't matter. You can't really be prepared for it. There's going to be things that come in that day or those days that I uh, take off. So, right. But don't, you don't have anybody who can serve them if you're, if you're not there. No well, they, cover for you. We we typically do. We cross cover, but for like emergencies. So you know, if there's something really bad, which you know how that goes, Mark. I mean, that's more everything's typical. really bad. Well, yeah, but I mean, it, I guess the tech department's emergencies tend to lean more towards like administrators and things like that. Right. So uh, you know, those things will certainly be covered. But you know, I I can be sure that if I take any days off, I'll have you know. Most of my workload waiting for me when I right. when I return. So, yeah, if you sign my paycheck, print my paycheck, or enter the hours into the computer so that I get my paycheck, you get priority. Right. <laughs> yeah. We want to make sure you can do your job. <laughs> right. Uh, another thing I wanted to mention is uh, in uh, affects me personally. I don't know how many of our listeners are familiar with Zappos dot com. Z a p p o s. Uh, it was recently, well, maybe a year or two ago acquired by Amazon. They started out as an online shoe store, but they sell lots of other stuff now. And being the um, rather large-footed individual that I am, I haven't been able to buy shoes at a store since, like, 84. Uh, so I always buy online, and Zappos has been my uh, place of choice. They, they have a great thi- uh, thing going there. They um, cover shipping. I'm doing a commercial for Zappos. They cover shipping <laughs> both ways, so you can buy... You know, like you would go to a regular shoe store and say, I wear a, you know, a, a 12 narrow and they'll bring you five or six pairs of shoes and you try them on and you pick the one you like. Well, they do the same experience online. You order five or six pairs of shoes, try the ones, uh, try them on, keep the ones you like, want, like, send all the others back and they pay shipping both ways. So it's a neat deal. Great customer service. But just this week, I got an email from them saying, um, we got hacked. Sorry about that. Um, oh. Yeah, and uh, the just to give you uh, a couple of um, t- uh, details on it, it, says we're writing to let you know that there may have been illegal, unauthorized access to some of our your customer account information, including one or more of the following: your name, email address, billing and shipping addresses, phone number, last four digits of your credit card number, standard information you'd find on any receipt and or your cryptographically scrambled password, but not your actual password. So that's a good deal. That means that they don't actually know my password. They encrypt it at the browser level, and they only store the encrypted version. But the issue there is um, if they figure out the salt, you know, which is possible, they could right. uh, reverse engineer those. So it just um, they did the right thing. They automatically expired every password in their database, just without question. And then sent this email saying you have to go change your password before you can get back in, which is a great thing to do security-wise. But it also underscores what we've talked about before. Never, well, try not to. Never is is one of those ridiculous words you should never use. Wait, I just did. Uh, (laughs) You should try not to use the same password on more than one site. So if I had used the same password at Zappos.com that I had used at, say, Amazon.com, and they had figured that out, they would have access to both accounts. And, you know, maybe maybe they hacked Zappos just to get to Amazon or just to get to eBay or something like that. So um, 
just a word of warning, if you're a Zappos user, you already know about it. If you're not, um, and you're using one password for all your uh, websites, LastPass. Go get LastPass and fix that. I happily pay for my LastPass premium. Yeah, and what is it, 12 bucks a year or something? Yeah, dollar a month. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And, it, you know, just the convenience. I mean, uh, you know, one, I have most of mine set up to auto log in and at least auto populate. So, I mean, you, you've got some protection, uh, you know, key loggers and things like that. But, man, it makes it so convenient, too. I mean, it's not like keeping a password list and looking it up and typing it in. I mean, it's, it fills all that stuff in for you. Uh, and most of them, yeah, if you set it to do such, it will, I mean, you go to the website and it automatically logs you in. You don't even have to worry about hit clicking a button. Uh, love it. And one last sort of news item I wanted to talk about is the NSA, the National Security uh, Ad- Administration, has released what they're calling SE Android, Security Enhanced Android. So um, they're looking at making Android phones and uh, other tablet-type devices uh, secure enough to be used for government work. You know, uh, Barack Obama famously uses a uh, BlackBerry and the first president to use any sort of smartphone. And um, I don't know, you know, if if that had anything to do with anything, uh, but uh, the NSA has been working on a super locked-down version of Android where apps basically have no ability to go back and forth between each other. So whatever information you give one app, no other app can have. It talks about one of the most recent exploits, um, uh, Rage Against the Cage. Uh, I'd never heard of it. But it said, uh, for example, this uh, exploit would have been trapped at six different points in security-enhanced Android. So not just one, but six times that particular um, exploit would have been stopped. Unfortunately, there are no ROMs. You can't just go download it. You've got to go download your own source code and all that sort of stuff. But somebody else will probably do that. And just something to look out for if you're a paranoid uh, tinfoil hat-wearing guy and you love Android. Nice. Great color commentary, Sean. <laughs> they don't call me the best for nothing that's right and the last item in our warm-up is jim beeson he wanted to say a hearty heartfelt thank you to jerry jones yes yes i would and before i do that i'm sorry about uh, uh tim tebow there uh sean um, sorry that oh. didn't work out for you but um no uh, it, uh, I, uh quite I all right I, I was fully expecting that so uh <laughs> it wasn't exactly a shocker now, if you remember last year in 2010, the Houston Texans were number 35 in defense in the league, which is a right. pretty good trick since there's 32 teams. They were that bad. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Jerry Jones and thank him for firing Wade Phillips. <laughs> that did work out pretty well for the Texans, didn't it? I, I think it did. And I, I think that there may be a Lombardi trophy coming to the Lone Star State pretty soon. And you know, we'll just leave it at that. Well, you know, I was predicting a, uh, a Packers-Patriots Super Bowl, and uh, the pa- Packers are no more, so uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I, I don't have a dog in the hunt anymore. My two favorite teams are the Cowboys and the Packers, and they're both gone, and the same team took them both out. So, Giants suck. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that the Niners and Ravens get in. 
Uh, the 49ers are tough to beat this year. They are really hot. and uh, Got a great defense. Yeah, and you know, and Ravens is synonymous with defense. So that would be like a 0-3 to three Super Bowl if those two teams played. <laughs> There'd be a lot of great hitting going on, though. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. Ray exactly. Lewis just broke that man in half. Did you see that? Look at that. <laughs> All right, and so now moving right along to the actual content part of the show. This is a listener spotlight. Jim is our listener. He is being spotlighted, so take it away, Jim. One, two, three, go. All right. Well, I'll do my best with this. Uh, I I got this idea for the listener spotlight, Mark, because uh, listening to your travails and trying to find a job and thinking about some of the things you were talking about with certifications and stuff. So um, I recently went through a certification training with a outfit in Houston called mycomputercareer.com. Uh, getting up to that, I, I'm a, I have a bachelor's of business administration and marketing from Texas Tech University. Got that. You know, that's one of those deals where I uh, got a four-year degree in eight years with a you know very low GPA. So you know, <laughs> naturally, naturally with that situation, I wind up going to work in, you know, in the pizza industry because after working a year uh, doing radiators, I decided I didn't like that either. I just so. uh, just want to interrupt our our ninth listener spotlight uh, for to for some heckling from our first listener spotlight. Chris Neves is in the chat room, and he was uh, actually surprised that we have content at all tonight. Thank you, Chris, for your vote. <laughs> of confidence. Ah, thanks, Chris. <laughs> thanks for that vote of confidence. All right, Jim. I, I did my best, Chris. I really did. So, uh, so went to work for uh, Domino's Pizza franchise. Coming out of college, uh, my store was that was managing was bought by Mac pizza management. And that's what I'm currently working for. I've been with Mac pizza since 1993. And in 97, uh, I took over the position of new store construction supervisor and then sort of evolved into director of IT support, which the director of IT support, uh, label is really a, a, uh, just a, a label more than anything else because most of what I do currently is a lot of mounting and positioning of equipment, break fix of workstations, coordinate with help desk, getting competing technologies to play nice together, that sort of thing. Uh, I was telling uh, Sean when I discussed it a little bit with him is I learned real well with the previous POS system how to optimize the DOS workstations, but I learned this about the time XP came out. (laughs) You know, and so I got pretty good a few years later at dealing with Windows 2000 workstations about the time 7 comes out. So you can see a pattern here that this was not really working out real well in, in my learning curve. So I was really looking to broaden my horizons and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe make myself, um, more marketable as it were because i've reached a plateau in in my company both as you know both in pay and in advancement and i don't want to be unfair they've been very good to me and they pretty much let me do what i think is right and everything so you know it's you know i'm kind of bored so i want so i wanted to learn more and so i started looking at other ways to learn and i joined a local special uh interest group at how pc uh eight plus uh special interest group and that was okay, but uh, as a special interest group, it's kind of hard to keep them on task to try to learn, you know, the stuff that you need for A plus certification. And and some of the longtime members always grasp that well, people come in, they'll learn what they need for their A plus certification, they'll get their certification, they'll move on. And I'm like, well, yeah, I think that's the point. <laughs> you know, you, you 
you know, you're, you're trying to better yourself and move on. And, and that's what I ultimately did too, even though I was the SIG leader for that uh, special interest group for a couple of years, ultimately I had to do the same thing. And I explained to them, you know, that's just, you know, I need to use my time better. Uh, a couple other areas that I looked at, especially was podcasts. And that's how I uh, eventually found your podcast. But some of the first podcasts that I listened to were the Podnut series, which uh, I know y'all had Steve Cherubino on twice. And yeah. I'm proud to, I'm proud that you got one of them out. Mark, that's so. right. one, one will forever know, <laughs> be known as the lost episode. And in fact, Jim, I, that was my first introduction to you as well. Um, almost exactly a year ago. Sean and I were headed to the TCEA convention in Austin, and uh, when I picked him up at his house, I was listening to a Podnuts episode, you were on it, and you started mentioning the Tightwad Tech, and I said, Sean, this dude's talking about us, isn't that cool? That was, we were so excited about that, because that was the first time we heard mention of us, you know, through a third party, so uh, it was an exciting moment. Well, yeah, and and in my notes, I, I, next I'm looking at that, I listened to the Mike Tech show, and tech vets. And I recently on, um, I think episode 65 of tech vets, uh, Carrie Hoseman mentioned, uh, your show and he's, he's, you know, trying to remember, Oh, there's this very good uh, podcast that these uh, two guys are doing this. And if, if initially he thought maybe they're called the cheapskates and I, <laughs> right. I and I kept yelling into my MP3 player, Taiwan Tech. Like, you know, that's going to do do a whole lot of good. He did come back and get it right by the end of the show, though. He he did come back and get it right, but he was glowing in his praise of y'all. And and, and I I tell you what, when I first heard heard you, and I really liked your when you started off the point five episodes. I really liked that concept. I mean, I realize now it doesn't work very well, but for what y'all started, I thought that was really, uh, really genius. Well, thank you. You know. So, uh, one that I wish they would put out more and, and I understand, you know, you don't have time, but mind of root was a very good one. Uh, that was Keith Albright and Steve Murawski and, uh, uh, gee, I can't remember the third person's name, but you know, that was, it started off being titled a couple of admins podcasting. So it was more of a server admin, uh, podcast. And, and I really missed that one. But, you know, trying to find all these areas to, to learn with, you know, I still didn't really have a good direction and everything. So uh, I'm sitting in my office. In fact, this very office I'm sitting in right now, you know, one night and I'm listening to a, uh, a local uh, talk show, sports talk show. And they come and there's an advertisement for my uh, mycomputercareer.com. And so they said, go online, take this test. So I went online, took the test. And I mean, to be fair, I probably went and looked up a couple of answers and see how much I knew and everything. And all of a sudden, I get this call back from this very nice sounding young lady in Raleigh, North Carolina. And she's just all glowing at how much potential I have and everything. And I'm being rather uh, jaded in my opinion of it and said, okay, yeah, whatever. And she said, well, can you come by and visit us? And as luck would have it, their campus is not far from an area that I work in Southwest Houston. So, okay, I can stop by and visit with y'all. It won't, you know, be good for a laugh if nothing else. And, and I was really surprised when I went for the presentation because the lady that gave the presentation I was expecting that she was going to say, oh, yeah, you can do this, and you'll get this great job, and you'll do this, and you'll do that, and all you got to do is do this. And and now she was saying, okay, this is hard training. This is not for everybody. You know, you're going to have to work at it. And then she mentioned how much it costs, which was five figures starting with a two. And, you know, of course, we all have that in our pockets. I'm sure y'all right. do that. 
you know, so, so I'm like, okay, how am I going to pay for this? And she said, well, Sally Mae. And a lot went on in my head. Like, wow, I never even, it never even occurred to me to, to consider something like that. Um, so I started looking at it a little bit closer and talking to other people on campus. I really liked the instructor there and I thought he was pretty straightforward. There's one instructor. He came down from Dallas to open this third campus and, you know, they're trying to build it up and everything. So that, you know, gives its own, uh, you know, own challenges, but very good instructor. A few weeks later, after talking to my dad and my wife and my sister, they all of them said, you'd be a fool not to do this. And I asked my wife, I said, can we pay for this? Even if I don't get another job, she said, we'll figure it out. And I'm like, you're crazier than me. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so, so what am I getting for, for this? Um, 232 hours of classroom instruction in a lab environment over a 29 week period. Um, wow, the that's section- quick. That is quick. And one of the things I liked about this, I didn't put it in my notes, but one of the things I liked about this, if you go to a school that starts with IT and has another T in their name and get a <laughs> social degree, they want you to take history and math and things like this. Well, I took that back in the 80s. I really don't need to go through history and, and math and English again. This is just tech. You're going through and you're learning tech. So, you know, we for five weeks, we learned X, Windows XP, and we were the last class on XP because they've retired that certification. But in five weeks, you go through it, you take your certification. Next one, Windows 7. Five weeks, you go through it, you take your certification. And not only are you doing these uh, classroom training twice a week, four, four hours a night, six to ten, you've got online videos that you've got to watch. Very, and styled it. You know, I think Professor Messer is a good uh, video. These, some are better, some are worse, but the same type of idea. You're sitting down and, and watching these videos and going through their exercises. Uh, and the Active Directory, Server Administration, Net Plus, and Windows Networking. So a lot of, um, you know, a lot of material to go through. Uh, we also got a bunch of textbooks in PDF format. Uh, I got a laptop. In fact, the laptop I'm using right now was provided as part of the, uh, part of the cost i tell people i paid twenty thousand plus for this laptop and got all this other stuff for free um, <laughs> must be a darn good laptop right it's it's an hp uh well, <laughs> <you know. laughs> it's it's been fine I, I it came with three gigs of memory i went ahead and put eight gigs in it because of using the virtualization would have been uh, forty thousand for a macbook yeah there you yeah. go <laughs> i've got licenses for several flavors of windows Operating systems. I have a key for server 2008 R2 data center. I don't know what I'm ever going to do with data center, but I've got a key for it. I own it. (laughs) And then also uh, career services. And it's a lifetime that I can use their career services. Uh, I can also go back for some, you know, if I want to sit in and refresh, uh, you know, refresh myself. As a matter of fact, I'm going to sit in for the five week active directory again, just to, you know, try to keep up on that because Active Directory is, uh, as you know, Mark is a bear. Indeed. So now, Jim, so, are these uh, are are these the actual? I mean, these are the the Microsoft certifications that you're getting, or Microsoft and CompTIA. Okay. So you know, I'm I've got uh, I've and I've got all the certifications I managed to get through it. Are you okay, Mark? You look like you're tired. Yeah, well, it's been a long day. <laughs> 
Let me ask you, Jim. You uh, you said this was thirty weeks, and you've been in this business for a decade or more. How much of that did you find was new information, and how much was just rehashing stuff you already knew? Most of it was actually new. Uh, now I had a lot of experience with Windows XP, and one of the things I found that I figured out is I need. I'm glad I started with Windows XP, even though I still learned a lot in XP and in, in that. Uh, I'm glad I started with it because I need to spend that first five weeks to learn how to study again. You know, That's it's, a good it's, point. It, it's been several years since I've learned how to study. Uh, so, and like Windows 7, I was expecting Windows 7 to be a lot of configuration and similar to XP. The Windows 7 certification, I would say, is 80% deployment. You know, a lot of de- very deployment intensive. Uh, and this, that certification was so tough that four out of 10 people were passing it on the first try, you know, and they were, you know, I could see that because, uh, Mark and I, well, we both have experience with that is deploying that operating system, you know, especially in an active directory environment, you, you run into some problems if you don't, you know, if you're not familiar with it. Yeah. And, and what we were learning in that uh, particular section didn't even involve active directory because the way they have it structured is you, you go through, uh, what they're doing now is they're doing a um, uh, Microsoft uh, Technology Associate training in in place of XP. But you go through that that first level, the MTA, the Windows Seven and A Plus. You've got to complete that before you jump to Active Directory, Server, and Net Plus. So we didn't even deal with uh, Active Directory in that Windows Seven deployment. Uh, but I also learned that some of the people that uh, failed it probably didn't put as much effort into it as um, they could have um, bef- about 10 days before I was to take that exam. I got a call. Um, actually, yeah, about 10 days before I got a call from my dad. I had a uncle pass away. He was in his early 70s, you know, full life. It wasn't unexpected. And uh, most of the listeners don't know, but y'all probably know where Mineral Wells is. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So what I did is I had to, you know, I worked 50 hours a week. And I'm still trying to take this training that's taking 30, 35 hours a week. So what I did over those few days is I went, ran down to Lake Jackson, did some work, came back up, went to class, went over to Beaumont, worked for a day or two, drove up through Lufkin, through Dallas, went to a funeral on Saturday, came back down to Colleen because I've got work I could do there for a couple of days because it's all about trying to be efficient with my time. And I'm trying to find every minute I can to study that I'm not working. Uh, when I came in and took the test, I made a hundred percent on that uh, test, scored a thousand. Oh wow! <laughs> you know, now I will admit that a I probably got a good test. You know, sometimes you get a bad test in these things because these are prometric um, tests and they're random questions and stuff like that. But I busted my butt, you know, and so even working full time and uh, you know trying to study thirty hours a week, my wife was on board with it. You know, family is on board with it. It's like, you know, on weekends, I'm huddled, you know, I'm in a cocoon studying, you know, going through the the practice tests and going through the videos and, and everything. So it can be done, but it's not easy. Well, I think that's a good point to make with a program like that. Is, you know, Seth uh, kind of went through the same thing where, well, I don't think Seth really had that much of a of an investment up front, did he, Mark? Um, no, it was about the same amount, yeah. Was it? Yeah, I, I, I thought maybe he had, but I wasn't sure. Um, you know, that that's a huge motivator. You put out that kind of money, uh, <laughs> you know, 
you're, you're not going to sit back and, and not study or, you know, not take the test seriously. You would think not, but it was amazing to me how many people would come up with every excuse in the book for not taking the test. Well, how many people did you know in college that were spending $10,000 a year of their parents' money and not – Right, their parents' know? money. Uh, they're, they're, it's the well, you're, you're, lo- you're looking at one of them. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> And then when I had to start paying for it, uh, well, that's a whole that different thing. It changes things. Well, it changes things. But, you know, going back to – Sean, you were talking about taking time off from work and, you know, the – versus work versus, you know, you know, taking time off and doing things. One of the problems I had in college was I grew up in the oil field. You know, you go to work and you get the work done if you work until midnight. You know, that's the way I grew up. And I had to break that habit in college because I had to realize my college was first. And it took me a long time to break that habit, you know, to get through it. That's probably why it took me eight years to do that four-year degree. Yeah, I'm so proud. It only took me six. So you're the first person I've met that took longer. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I'm glad to help you. You know, be proud there, Mark. Uh, so, um, you know, going through this stuff, Active Directory, like I indicated, one of the most difficult things I've ever ever come across. I, I told my grandson was asking me, you know, about the training I was going through, and I said, and this was when I was doing Windows Seven, and I said, son, here's the thing: think about that history book that you read all year in high school. I have to read that thing in five weeks and take a final exam on, and that's my whole grade. So when I got the Active Directory, I realized the Active Directory is that same history book, but it's written in Russian from a uh, f- French perspective. And I've <laughs> got to figure that out and take a test on it. And that one I had six weeks to do because of the 4th of July break. And I'm glad we did because I need every week of that. Yeah, nobody knows everything there is to know about Active Directory, including the people who designed it. Exactly. Exactly. And one of the things I ran into on that they were using server 2008 and windows 7 for the for the virtualization there was a lot of questions that started coming from r2 uh the one that comes to mind is the active directory recycle bin and so i okay i'm going to throw up a uh, r2 vm to take a look at my laptop won't handle r2 even though my laptop is running uh 764-bit for some reason in VirtualBox, it won't run a 64-bit operating system now if i put vmware on there it will which i found really odd interesting yeah it is interesting and i don't like vmware for this purpose as well as i do VirtualBox. vmware is not near as elegant for somebody trying to learn this as VirtualBox. could i figure it out sure i could figure it out uh but uh, it's for somebody to learn it's not as elegant um I, even though some people might disagree with me, I'm glad I actually took Active Directory first because that made uh, network administration and server administration a lot easier because there was so much of that that fed off of, of AD. And then when we went through the Net Plus stuff, oh, Wireshark is cool. It's dangerous, <laughs> but it is cool. <laughs> Assuming you can get your switch configured in promiscuous mode. Otherwise, you don't see much at all. Exactly, exactly. But uh, to the listeners out there, Make sure you use it on your own network. Don't use it on your work network unless you want to get fired. <laughs> that would that would not be a good thing. And then, you know, using Packet Tracer, you know, that was cool too. And I learned how to subnet. Uh, and so I you speak binary now. Uh, I understand it. Yes. <laughs> so I, I thought that was way cool too. And, uh, you and know, soon, so that's however, a, you're going to have to throw all that out the window and do IPv6. Exactly. Uh, that's another one of them things that I'm learning toward the end of life. So, you know, that seems to be the story of my life here. So, 
So, you know, that's, you know, that's the learning in, in a, uh, you know, in a nutshell as far as why, you know, and it worked for me. Uh, but thinking about it going forward, you know, like in your case, Mark, would I recommend you doing this? Not a chance. You know, you've got too much experience and I think you could, if you need to get some certifications, I think you could do it on your own. Um, it was interesting that our instructor mentioned to me one day, he's got friends in the field that, you know, he thinks are very much as good as he is, but they don't get their certifications. And he was concerned about them in this current economic environment. And then when you mentioned it on one of your previous episodes, I, that really uh, struck a tone with me. Now, the certifications that I have, does that mean that, you know, that I'm more qualified? You not at all. I mean, I wish I had your experience. And I think the job you have right now is really a neat job. You know, it's, it's too bad that you can't, you know, make it work economically for you long term. But I understand that. Um, but so some other ways that I, I kind of just thrown out there that you might be able to learn, you know, some are more tightwad than others. You know, uh, I was pointed to this website called nerdbooks.com. And it's funny that uh, uh, it's based in Richardson. And they actually have a storefront. Wow. I just, I just discovered tonight. It's off of uh, 75 in Collins. And that don't mean I know anything about Dallas area. I just happen to see it on Google Map. <laughs> uh, but the, the great thing about this is the books are 35 to 45% off of the price that are listed on the book. And... Uh, you know, and these are Microsoft, you know, you get the Microsoft books and CompTIA books and that sort of thing. You know, I, I, I recommend that you get the books with exercises in them. Don't just get books just to read. You, you need to actually practice on this stuff. Um, I wonder if they're, I wonder if they're up to date. That's the thing. Yeah, you know, I don't know mm -hmm. uh, our listeners out there around uh, the world and country, uh, how, how widespread half price books uh, th that chain store is, but uh, I've bought some tech books from half price books, but it's hard to find things that are current. It's like, uh, you know, learn Java too. Yeah. 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 So interesting, uh, it, interesting story about that. 1997, July 6th or somewhere around there, 1997, when I got the job I have now, they dropped me into this minefield that of of stuff I didn't know anything about. That night, uh, the first thing I did was went to half price of books and stocked up on <laughs> manuals and stuff. So that's uh, that's a a time worn tradition of running out and buying cheap books and teaching yourself on the fly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, when when I first started this training, I was still able to go to How PC and and do my uh, uh, SIG, and I was talking to these guys about it, and one of the other members didn't have the resources, you know, didn't have the ability to get the loan that I had. So he gave himself a budget and within that budget, he built himself a computer, a pretty sweet computer running Ubuntu and put a uh, virtual box on it and then got himself a TechNet subscription, you know, as a way to, to get the, uh, get the software to, to learn with and everything. But if you read those books from Microsoft, they'll tell you, go on Microsoft's website and get the, uh, evaluation versions of windows seven of server 2008 r2 or whatever uh, they'll tell you to do that so there are ways to do that w without having to spend a whole lot of money uh another thing that I, I mentioned this earlier in the show uh professor messer you know he that's one of the best websites i've ever come across and he's got uh you know he's got windows seven he's got net plus security plus and a plus and he keeps adding more to it. And you know, I highly recommend it. I think doesn't Professor Messer show up in y'all's uh, 
uh, forums from time to time. Uh, he's he's been on the on the, in the chat room. Uh, we need to get him on the show, Sean. Yeah, uh, you know what? Fingers. I do Sean, need to make work that on. happen. Huh? <laughs> so make I'm that happen, my Sean. Make that happen. Uh, yeah, but, I will. I will actually track down uh, Professor Messer because uh, we're very familiar with his website. Yeah, he usually is in the chat room, but uh, we also usually record on Monday nights. So he probably <laughs> was out in the chat room last night, wondering where we were all at. <laughs> but yeah, he's been a, a tech tip of the week. So yeah, we we're uh, we're big fans of his stuff because it's like you said, it's really high quality. It's it's as good as you might pay twenty thousand dollars for. It's just not as comprehensive yet he's working on it though yeah he, he is working on it so and then the the last thing you know that and i have a you know i kind of wonder about this is like brain dumps you know i'm sure y'all have seen the sites you know uh for uh, exam questions that are supposed to be you know representative of the tests uh and and professor messer was actually on uh podnets daily and talked about how you know you you sign a not uh nda Right. When when you take the test, and yet you got these people that are coming out of the test and doing brain dumps, uh, and then they're bragging about it on the websites. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, why don't I just raise my hand and say, "Hey, I cheated. Come get me, Microsoft <laughs> right. Police." You know. So, um, but it also goes back to you know the certification is not worth the paper that it's printed on if you don't know your stuff. Uh, so. You know, I, I think you I think you need to kind of practice taking tests. And as an aside, it sort of taught me also, you know, we have to prepare for the test to get the certification. But then what we have to prepare for the test, get the certification may not apply in the workplace. Absolutely. And uh, I, I'm sure y'all being in Texas for years, you've heard people talk about uh, what was tax and now star. You know, we're you know, our teachers are teaching the test. It occurred to me that teachers been teaching the test since you and I went to school right it's just more more out there now so it's just an aside so so what am I doing going forward I'm as much as it pained me I'm trying to get a greater presence in social media Facebook and that sort of thing uh I'd like to do some blogging maybe uh I don't know if I got the time to do a podcast but I think it'd be a lot of fun um you know I still want to work on honing my skills and I want to try to get at least two new certs every year. Uh, not so much for the paper, but I want to show people that I'm going to try to continue to learn. And, you know, if I've got the certs, you know, then at least they'll show that I'm trying to continue to hone my skills and everything. And I'm going to try to do Security Plus first because, like I said, Professor Messer, you know, has a very good uh, training program. So I can, you know, I can do that. Uh, and what else have I learned about this? Going into the training, I've realized I had no clue on professional networking, looking for new opportunities or whatever. Uh, you know, I had to learn how to write a resume. I'm having to learn how to interview and do all that stuff because coming out of college, they didn't teach us how to go find a job. They just said, here, go interview with these people. Right. They didn't really teach us how to do all that. So I'm having to learn all that. And then in this day and time with the, with the social media that's out there, it's become clear to me that you've got to really have a presence. You know, and, and I think that's where both of you probably have a leg up on me because of the Element OP network. You know, so so that's pretty much what I got for this evening. Just a, uh, uh, just a quick aside there. Did you hear that, Bjorn? Element OP, not Element O-Pi. Thank you, Bjorn. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> what, one of our other listener spotlights has his own podcast. I was listening to it just this week, and he gave a shout-out to the Element O-Pi network. Thanks, Bjorn. 
Yeah, great job there, Bjorn. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> I only say it 53 times in every episode. <laughs> Element? Opie. Of, of course, I couldn't say it right, right? So <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, I did want to jump in here and mention real quick, Slip said in the chat room, uh, Linux Plus, which uh, some people might not think, you know, really uh, is something legitimate to go after, but... I mean, that's uh, Linux is huge in the server room, so uh, why exactly. not? Exactly. I, I got a call very recently, actually, from a headhunter uh, looking for somebody to do Linux stuff. And he said, you know, with your resume, with your 12-plus uh, years of Linux experience, um, you know, you're, you're a hot commodity. So that's a big thing. They, this company did, uh, uh, I don't know who they worked for, but I'm just going to say it was like GoDaddy, that kind of company that does hosting and that sort of thing. And they were the support for that. And it turned out they, they didn't offer me a position that I felt I could take. But uh, it was it was one of those situations where ha having Linux knowledge is what brought them to me. Well, HostGator has a lot of billboards in the Houston area advertising for people. So maybe it was them. Yeah, they, they, they wouldn't tell me who it was. <laughs> Headhunters work like that. They get you to agree to the job before they tell you who you're working for. Yeah, I understand that. So. Well, Jim, that was that was ninety minutes worth of information in forty five minutes, uh, and they say New Yorkers talk fast. You were, you were really rolling. There. I didn't think I was talking all that fast. <laughs> no, you did I, great. You did great. I can really slow it down if you would like. Well, of course, you can. You're from Texas. <laughs> we we know how to make every word three or four syllables. <laughs> exactly. We also know how to build barbecue pits out of. Uh, <laughs> I'm and, I, and I'm ready to build one of those and try to try some ribs in them. I really am. Have you looked at my plans online? I have not yet, but I will. I got the bacon brining right now. In in about six more days, it's going to be ready to go. I'm excited about making my own bacon. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, I need an invite on that one, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's officially an Element Opie podcast because I invoked the word bacon. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we're good. So, uh, uh, Jim, I'm going to ask you what I ask everybody who comes on the show. If you had one thought, one final parting word that if nobody heard anything else you said tonight, uh, they heard this, what would you want that to be? If you want to figure out new skills bad enough, there are ways to do it without a whole lot of investment. There you go. And it's important to keep your skill set fresh. I think it's very important. That's and that's one of the things that I've you know concluded to to keep it fresh, but get it current. Like I said, you know, knowing DOS when XP came out didn't do me a whole lot of good. I still remember those old uh, mem equals umb uh, optimizations <laughs> and all that good stuff. Exactly. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny because every now and then I still have to drop to the command line or, or use my old DOS foo, and, and I would be showing Sean something. He'd be like, what, what is this? What are you even talking about? Right. It's the way everybody did things a few years ago. Just Isn't a few there a years ago. you can click? Can't you right. click somewhere? <laughs> Isn't there a registry entry somewhere? No, no, no registry. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm more familiar with the registry than I am the command prompt. How sad is that? <laughs> well, you better get familiar with it because uh, PowerShell is the is the next wave. So, Yeah, that's the way they're going with the, the server stuff. But it's, it's like registry plus DOS. It's a weird... 
It's weird. <laughs> it's it, they like they took their cue from Cisco. Cisco has the most arcane infrastructure. I mean, you can buy this ten thousand dollar switch that can do everything, including poach you an egg in the morning, and you connect to it with a, ser- a null modem serial port and pull up a terminal to interface with it. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> well, you can do it with putty. <laughs> well, yeah. There you go. Yeah. That, still, you know, the commands are like three characters long. You know, it's like like we don't have room for a web interface, really, on this switch that I just paid enough to buy a small car for, really. I'm hearing that Cisco is actually going to a, a web interface, but I don't know when. They're going to have to do something pretty soon because uh, the the software that I'm using in my job, you can't, you know, to access the uh, uh, Cisco routers that we have, you can't use it on anything past XP. Right. Not only that, but try finding a machine that has a serial port anymore. You have to go buy some fancy USB serial port adapter. Mm-hmm. I have one that I carry with me. Yeah. Okay. Because my, my work laptop doesn't have a serial port. And that You know what? Uh, I have to jump in there, Mark. That brand new batch of 790s we just installed, they all have serial ports. Do they? Blew me away. Yeah. Blew me away. They have serial ports on them. Really? Because I yeah. think that's what we're going to is 790s. And that concludes the old farts whining about stuff <laughs> section of the show. <laughs> Jim, thanks for being with us, and uh, stick around. If you've got a tip, you can throw it in there, but we're going to move on to the tips of the week. And uh, Jim, let me know that the tip I was going to bring to you uh, that I just put in the notes yesterday expired today. Uh, So I have a new one, uh, and this is not a new one at all. It's actually a very old one. But uh, somebody, I can't remember. I'm sorry I would give you credit, but I don't remember. Somebody sent me an email reminding me about this uh website and this set of tools that's been around forever and that's karenware.com karen kenworthy uh is no longer with us she died um in 2011 um but she used to write a monthly well then it became bi-monthly then it became whenever she got around to it newsletter and she also wrote great little windows freeware utilities and uh all sorts of things there like uh uh uh, print a directory printer which is was was great you could uh, have all your directory structure printed out. It, amazing how that's hard to do in Windows. You'd think you should be able to do that, but you can't. And so she's got all sorts of little tools like that, little applets. And rather than stretching them out for the next six months like I could do, giving you one tip a week, I'm just going to give you the whole website right now, karenware.com, K-R-E-N-Ware.com. Uh, and uh, Karen, may she rest in peace, wrote some really great stuff, and her family has still ca- got the site out there hosted so that she can uh, um, continue to make a difference even uh, beyond her lifespan. So that's my tech tip for this week. Sean, what do we got for the teacher tip this week? All right, I'll jump in. Uh, this one falls right in line, and I, I really wasn't sure when we set this listener spotlight up exactly what direction we were going to go. We, we can go uh, many different directions with our listeners. So uh, it, this actually falls right in line with where Jim went uh, talking about training and certifications and things. It is CS50, like the number 50, dot TV. And uh, the actual link that we're using uh, is followed by slash 2011 slash fall. But uh, what CS50 dot TV is. 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 <laughs> <laughs> This, uh, this is the site, uh, it's the official site for Harvard, and CS50 actually stands for Computer Science 50. So you're, we're talking about their absolute freshman-level, entry-level computer science uh, course, and it's all there online. I mean, they've got every lecture, every quiz, every test, 
every bit of material that you would be presented with uh, if you were a student at Harvard. Uh, if you go to the site as well, they have uh, a lot of their other computer science uh, courses as well. So uh, developing for mobile platforms and things like that. There's probably uh, seven or eight of them. Uh, now, uh, you can actually take these courses online and uh, get certifications, um, but uh, they're pricey. They're going to run you about ten grand. But uh, you, everything's there for free. So uh, if you're just looking to gain some knowledge, I mean, let, let's face it, it's Harvard. I mean, it's top notch. Uh, you can go and take a Harvard course for free. Now, you're not going to get graded if you're, if you're uh, you know, just going to the website and checking things out. But uh, it, it's just amazing. I've seen a lot of open course kind of freeware. Uh, MIT has a lot of it out there, but their courses don't necessarily have all the materials. Uh, this has everything. It's it's just amazing. So they go check that out. set up a Google group for each of the classes so that you can discuss it with other people taking it. Yep. And you can, yeah, you can actually get in there and, and discuss it. So, uh, it, so it, it's the best open courseware that I've seen. Uh, it, it's just amazing. And uh, I'm actually going through it because uh, I just love, you know, gathering knowledge. I mean, much like what Jim said, I, I love what you said about uh, just always learning, Jim. So uh, this falls right in line with that. And if you want to fork over 10 grand, you can get the cert the certificate that says you did it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to write that check right now. There you go. <laughs> right. As uh, I once heard somebody say, uh, certifications will help you get a job you're not qualified for, and people skills will help you keep it while you learn to be qualified for it. So you, you go get those certifications, and they get you in the door, and then your own learning is what keeps you there. That's right. All right. Anything else, folks, before we say goodnight? Uh, I just want to say I appreciate the opportunity to come on your show. Jim, did you have a, a tip that you wanted to share? I think you'd mentioned earlier you did. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, and I don't remember the exact uh, the exact uh, command, but I, I came across a few years ago. I changed out a network card in a computer, but I needed to configure the same IP address on the new network card, but the old one had failed, so I couldn't uninstall it. And uh, basically what you have to do, it and this works in uh, 2000 and XP, there's a different uh, way to approach it in uh, Vista and 7, but you have to go drop to the command line and do a, a show device equal in device manager equals non-present is basically what, what the idea is. I wrote it in a little batch file that I use all the time. That's why I don't remember it because... You know, I just click on the batch file that says hidden, and it runs that command for me and brings up device manager, and then I can eliminate that uh, that driver. But it's a it's a it's a pretty simple command once you find it. I can find it, and we can put in show notes feedback. Yeah, and I have had to do that before. It happens uh, when you clone a server sometimes, or or when you're dealing with a virtual machine that you move from one place to another. It'll yes. say that uh, the that'll have the software version of that network card there, but different hardware. I ran into that just recently where I had a server die, physically die. I took my backup image and threw it on the new one, and it said, all right, fine, here's the new card, but you still have the other one with the IP address on there. So I tried to give it the same address, and it said, no, it doesn't work. So, um, yeah, and like you, I Google it every time I need it. <laughs> it might yeah, be nice to actually have it in the show notes. Yeah, let me see. I've got, uh, I think I've got it right here in front of me. Bear with me for just a second. 
let's see i hidden dot bad oh, edit it okay the command is set space devmgr underscore show underscore non-present underscore devices equals one all right, and clearly we all got that. So there's of no course. need to paste that in the show notes. We got it now. All of you people who were driving, you memorized that, didn't you? All the brain dumpers did. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, Sean, what kind of show was this? This was a great show. I'm glad we got to do another one. Yeah, and if you want to do a listener spotlight, if you are a listener and want to be spotlighted, the way you do that is you contact us at elementop.com, specifically Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at elementop.com. Uh, you can also find our, our forums there where uh, people say goofy things on a regular basis, and they're not always about bacon. Uh, so you can go to elementop.com, check us out there, or you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, all that sort of stuff. Basically, you've listened now to 90-plus shows where I've said the same thing. I think you figured it out by now. But uh, elementop.com, that's us. Find us there. Let us know if you want to be on the show because we love to have, um, A, we love to have listeners. Thanks. We appreciate you being a listener. And B, we like to talk to you and, and hear what you're doing. And you don't have to be a brain rocket surgeon or anything. You just have to be a regular person doing what regular people do. And that makes you interesting, believe it or not. Okay, Sean, I think you have to say great show again because uh, Mark added content. Yeah, oh, wow. I, I, comm I committed to Cardinal Sin, didn't I? He said yeah, you, you did. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I've been led into it. Lipped was already complaining that I it, it, it doesn't count if I had to be led into it. So oh, That's true. That's, well, I lead into it all the time. <laughs> right, right. Yes, it was a great show. All right. Well, thank you for saying that. And so, on behalf of Jim Beeson, this is Mark signing off. And Sean signing off. 